Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. People want to be able to trust, particularly trust those people that you care about and that you believe, maybe even are convinced of the fact that they care about you. Yet trust seems to be something that can be so extremely powerful and yet to some degree kind of fragile. And so when we work with couples, for example, even couples in what would be called normally good marriages, sometimes we hear people saying, I don't know if I can trust my wife. I don't know if I can trust my husband. Well, let's talk about trust and particularly let's talk about, well, what happens if it's violated? If you need to rebuild trust, is it possible? Can it be done? Hi. I'm Dr. Joe Bean with Marriage Helper. I am joined by Priscilla Gray. She is one of our certified marriage helper coaches. She also helps us in our workshops, and she's just a delightful person to be around. Just tell you that right now. She is uh, actually, as we're recording this, I'm in Tennessee. She's in in Alabama. So we'll both be speaking Southern, which means you may have to get a dictionary to interpret some of our Southernisms. (laughs) Priscilla, welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Dr. Joe. I am so happy to be here with you today. Oh, thank you. And it's so much fun to work with you. Actually, when I was asking what topic you and I were supposed to be talking about, I told Jason, our producer, you know, actually, we should be talking about how can anybody be as sweet as Priscilla? Because you're like one of the sweetest, kindest people I have ever met. So maybe we should talk about how people can get to be more like you when it comes to that. But I start my trust for a minute. Uh, you You and I were talking just before the recording started about trust. And you were saying that Kimberly, our CEO, this past summer had said some things about trust. Uh, Give us a couple of highlights of that, if you will. Yeah. So one of the things that made such a big impression on me is that the foundation of how trust is broken. Um, Of course, trust can be broken in a lot of different ways. Um, For instance, affairs or um, someone who goes out and spends all of their uh, money, their family money, things of that nature. Those are big things that can break trust. But the, the underlying issue beneath the trust being broken is that one spouse sees the other spouse as looking out to their own interests above the interests of them or the marriage itself. And so I thought that was really a, an interesting thought that there's a root of trust being broken. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I refer to trust as a predictive word. Trust means that I'm going to be vulnerable to you because I believe that the decisions you make and the actions you take will be for the benefit of our relationship or the benefit of me, not just for the benefit of you, uh, particularly in harm to me or in harm to our relationship. And so it predicts the future in that sense. Trust is a choice, except sometimes it's a choice that we don't have any choice but to make. (laughs) If I'm getting on an airplane um, and flying across the country, which, as you know, I do quite often, then I'm trusting those pilots that they can fly that plane. I'm trusting that airplane itself that it's going to stay all together and take me to where I need to go. And so that's trust. But it's not a trust that specific to those individuals. 
Like I know that pilot, how good he is, how good she is. It's typically not that. It's a kind of trust. Well, either I choose to trust them and get on the plane or I choose not to. And in that sense, it doesn't really involve a relationship. Hmm. Mm. But in relationships, trust actually starts off not necessarily given, maybe to a little degree. And then with time, it develops as I become convinced that the decisions that you make and the actions that you take will be will include my welfare and the welfare of our relationship and not just selfishly be your own. Mm-hmm. So, as you said earlier, there are a lot of different ways to violate that. Yeah. Uh, it could be such things, as you said, it would be an affair or gambling all the money. But trust can be violated by, well, I took my husband's secret, something that he struggles with that he didn't want other people to know. And I told some other people, or I did that to my wife. So trust can be violated by a number of different actions. Absolutely. People sometimes say, well, you can never trust them again. (laughs) As a matter of fact, Priscilla, when uh, I asked Alice if she would marry me again, way back in 1987, and she was asking her friends, should I take Joe back? Should I marry him again? That's one of the most common things she heard. Well, you know, you can never trust him again. So can you trust again, Priscilla? Do you believe so? Yes, absolutely. And I love that you and Kimberly actually did a podcast recently about some of the myths and, you know, just the um, once a cheater, always a cheater. And you kind of uh, dispelled that myth. Um, And yes, so I do believe that trust can be rebuilt. Actually, trust was rebuilt in my marriage with my husband. And, um, you know, I I think we're going to talk about some of that. Well, let's do that. Trust doesn't just immediately reappear, does it? No. Like, okay, I'm sorry. I know that hurts you a lot, but I'm sorry. And therefore, because I said, I'm sorry, you need to trust me again. Because then somebody looks at you and goes, but but, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This This is a predictive word that I believe. But right now, I don't believe. That the decisions you make and the actions you take will necessarily include my welfare and the welfare of this relationship. And until I can believe that again, I can't trust you. So it's not just a matter of you jump back in the deep end of the pool and I trust you no matter what. So give me some ideas based on what you guys did. And and as one of our coaches, you deal with a lot of couples, some things you've seen people do to rebuild trust. Yes. Okay. So just in my story specifically, one of the things I think it actually began before I even reached back out to Jordan. Um, I think in, in my heart and my mind, I first had to decide that I was going to pursue honesty and transparency even above um, or even at the risk of losing the relationship again. Um, so that was the first thing I think was pursuing that honesty and transparency over um, the the relationship in a way. Um, so that was one. But then also there was a had to be somewhat of a risk. Um, you've said in many of your other videos and podcasts that, um, you know, every relationship is a risk. And so there had to be a risk taken on both sides. Are we going to trust each other? And of course, I was the one that had the great big sin, um, the great big bad thing that happened in the relationship. But, um, you know, just throughout the crisis, he had also done things that was very hurtful um, to me as well. And so we both had to choose to take that risk. And, 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 and to some degree, we chose to trust each other again before we could even really start building that trust back. 
Right. Okay. That makes sense. I actually call that calculative trust. Mm. What I mean by that is, okay, I'm going to trust you, but we're probably going to build in some things here so that I don't have as much of a risk. I don't have as much vulnerability. And if you go through a process of calculative trust until you get back to complete trust, and then it's like, okay, I I am taking the biggest risk. So it's actually a process of going from one to the other, right? So what kind of things did you do during the calculative trust rebuild where that he felt safe and you felt safe? Yes. Okay. Well, so first of all, we talked a lot about just crisis and what had happened in that crisis. And I know some people may feel like, oh, well, when you talk about those things, then it's going to bring more fear and anxiety. And actually, um, it's, you know, we found at least in our situation that it built more trust because he was able to really get to know me and my heart behind all of the crazy things that happened during our crisis. So we talked a lot. Um, just about crisis. The second thing that we did, you know, it was some of those typical things that you would do. Um, you know, we have the app Life 360 on our phone. So, you know, he can see anywhere I go and he, I can see anywhere that he goes. It's just, you know, it's kind of like a find my um, phone kind of app. Um, so that was just another thing that we did. Um, you know, if I were out, then he could absolutely know where I was, what I was doing. I had zero problem sharing, oversharing even, um, if needed and necessary. Um, but really, I think that what helped the most was that constant communication and just constant sharing just of our lives together. You know, we kind of built a friendship, to be honest, that we had never had in the past um, while we were trying to build this trust back. And so just that constant communication really helped us to build that trust together. That's an excellent point, because we have witnessed people thinking, "Okay, we're going to rebuild trust only by specific things, such as you just mentioned. Uh, I'll have an app on your phone and you have one of mine, et cetera, and I can know where you are 24 hours a day. And that's going to rebuild trust. Well, that's part of calculative trust. It's part of rebuilding the confidence, but that in and of itself doesn't reestablish the trust. It gives you a little bit more protection against your vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And and so I've had actually, I've heard spouses turn to the spouse and say, well, you, if you want to know where I am all the time, then you don't trust me. And the response to that is, that's correct. <laughs> right now, I don't. But I want to trust you again. And therefore, I do want to build in some safety nets so that I don't have as much risk and vulnerability. And as the trust deepens and deepens and deepens, then mm-hmm. then some of those things can just go away. But what I heard you say, which is crucial, is you, you don't do that just with apps. That'll mm-hmm. help reduce the risk. If you're yeah. really going to be real, if you're really going to rebuild trust, you got to open your hearts to each other. And that's right. like the biggest risk there is, right? Yes, yes, it is. And I don't understand why that is. Maybe you can shed light on why do we, um, why are we so fearful of that vulnerability and just opening our hearts to each other again? Well, I think there are a couple of reasons. One of those is because of the fact that we've all been hurt by somebody. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, I don't know how sincere you are right now. I don't know what's really going on behind those eyes there. And I think that's a big part of it. Another part is, though, that somehow sometimes we have found that we have also deceived ourselves. Mm-hmm. Like I told myself I was doing this when in actuality I was doing that and I did it. Well, if I can deceive me, 
maybe you can deceive me too. And so I think it's a built in pain, basically. Vulnerability is scary because it's like I want somebody who can love me even though I'm already screwed up. <laughs> I want somebody who can love me even though I mess up. I think that's part of it there. Now, you work with a lot of couples as one of our coaches, one of our very popular coaches. What kinds of things have you seen people do? Now, let, we're going to keep coming back to the openness, transparency, vulnerability. That's important because if you're doing that, I'm not worried about what's going on behind your eyes. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, I, you're telling me, so I know. But what about some of the other things in calculative trust? What, what have you seen people do? Yes. Uh, well, so one of the things that I thought was really cool is that um, a lot of my couples or some of my couples um, actually just have friends that are mutual friends. They they choose not to have friends that at least they don't know who they are. Um, and so I thought that that was a really... Um, mm-hmm you know, valid way to kind of build trust again is that I'm not going to go hang out with somebody that you don't know or hang out with somebody that doesn't know you. Um, that, that was one of the ways that I've seen. That's um, good. Really well. Mm-hmm. That's good. Now when Alice and I got back together and this ties back to what you were saying, which I think is brilliant. Um, uh, you know, I did the, the, uh, things I needed to do so she could feel less vulnerable. She started handling all the money. Therefore she mm-hmm. didn't worry yes. about What's he spending money on? And if I, this was before cell phones. And so if I were going to be 10 minutes late, I'd stop and I'd give her a call. Here's where I am. Here's what I'm doing. So I did the calculative trust things. But as you were talking, I just realized something. I guess I knew, but I didn't really know. You've heard Alice in many of our workshops where people ask her questions. Mm-hmm. And she said the biggest thing was that Joe would be open and honest no matter what I asked him about. That's right. And so it's back to the very thing you were saying just a minute ago, right? Yes. Yes. So Absolutely. when you're, you're helping a couple, what do you tell your clients when it comes to this? Um, okay. So, you know, again, it kind of goes back to the things that we learned from Kimberly and just how trust is broken is by, you know, seeing that they're looking out for their own interests above mine. Um, well, so the way that you rebuild that is you do become deep friends again, that you do start putting your interests or their interests above your own. And that's not to say that you abandon yourself or you neglect yourself. Of course, pies are just the foundation of, um, you know. Okay, for those that may not know, explain pies very quickly. Okay, so pies are physical, intellectual, um, emotional, and spiritual health and attraction. And so, yes, so you do want to continue to focus on your physical, intellectual, emotional, and spiritual health and attraction. But um, you're also, you know, pouring into your spouse and showing up for them in ways that they feel like they needed need support or um attention. So yes. So becoming good friends and them seeing that you're, you know, taking care of them above maybe some of the things that you need. And, you know, sometimes like you were saying earlier that they can be big gestures, but sometimes those are just small gestures. You've brought me a cup of coffee or you've gone out of your way to help um, get the kids ready so that, you know, I have a little more time to get myself ready in the morning or, you know, just taking my car in for service. It it can be little things. It doesn't have to be gigantic things, but I see you paying attention to some of my needs um, above, you know, just taking care of yourself. 
I think that's excellent. Um, imagine right now, Priscilla, there are people who are watching this thinking, wow, I'd like to coach with Priscilla because I have a thousand questions like, but what about this? And what about that? Because we're talking the principles and people are looking for their specific applications. And so she is one of our certified marriage helper coaches. And if you would like, uh, by the way, I need to ask because I know you're very popular. Do you have any slots open at this point? I do. I'm, I'm typically about um, two to three weeks booked. So, you know, in about two to three weeks, I have availability. So if somebody want to coach with you, they're going to have to book at least that far out. Okay, we got that. Well, folks, you can find out more about us at Marriage Helper. That's MarriageHelper.com. And if you want to look into perhaps coaching with Priscilla uh, or any of our other coaches, if you want somebody closer to you, regionally speaking, then go to MarriageHelper.com slash book. B-O-O-K. Now, that will have a person contact you, and when he or she does, they'll help by asking a few questions, and then they know which direction to send you to where you can talk to people who are experts in helping you understand what it is that we can do or can't do that can help you in your relationships. So the first person is basically somebody who directs you to the right department. The second person is somebody who can listen, find out what you need, and then help you set that up. If you want something we can do for you. And in that way, that's how you can actually get to Priscilla. You can say, Hey, I like that lady from Alabama. She's sweet. I think, and she, she knows what she's talking about. Oh, and she's been there. And so you can ask for Priscilla. We have other coaches as well, but she's really one of our more popular coaches. People really love working with Priscilla. And if you want help, that's even more than that. We have three day intensives for Marriages that are in big crisis, and those things are extremely powerful. And and uh, often Priscilla will help me when I'm doing one of those. And, and so I really appreciate it when she does that. We have other things as well. Many things we can do for you. We'd like to just go to marriagehelper.com. And you can actually go to also youtube.com slash marriagehelper and find hundreds of free videos we have there. So Priscilla, as we wrap up, what's one more thing you want to say? to the people who are watching or listening? Well, I just want to say that sometimes you're in such a, a dark place, a dark crisis that you do feel like there is no hope. There is no way out of this. But I just want to tell you that there is hope that you can rebuild trust again and that it can be better than you could have ever imagined to begin with. Outstanding. That's very good. Thank you so much for taking your time to come on the program with me. I appreciate it so very much. And thank you guys for being part of our program. We're really happy that you're here on Relationship Radio with us. And hopefully we'll be talking to you again very soon. Thank you. 